I want to talk this morning about healing. I really feel like God has been stirring in my heart about this one thing about healing. There's so many people that are sick that we shouldn't be. Because Jesus paid the price for our healing the same as he did for our salvation. You know that? You know that? So I'm going to ask you a question. How many believe it's God's will to save everybody? How do you know that? It's in the Bible. How many know that it's God's will to heal everybody? Some of you didn't raise your hand. You don't believe that, do you? I can tell you it's God's will to heal every, that he wants to heal everybody, that everybody has been healed that wants to be. How do you, how do you know that I know that? Because it's in the Bible. The same verse of Scripture, same passages of Scripture, dealing with salvation, redemption, also deal with our healing. I have a book I want to recommend. This is by T.L. Osborne. It's called Healing the Sick. In 2000, 1999, I discovered that I had an incurable disease called hepatitis C and stage 4 liver disease. And I began to pray and seek the Lord for my healing. And I, and I ran across a verse of Scripture in Psalm 107, verse 20. And it says, and he sent his word and he healed them. He sent his word and he healed them. Well, that got me thinking, if God sent his word and he healed them, then I'm going to get my healing through what? Through the word. So if I'm going to get my healing through the Word, I need to find every resource that I can find about healing that will take me to the Word of God. T.L. Osborne and his wife, Daisy, they've both gone on to glory now, but he wrote this book several years ago. I got a copy of it. I had a copy of it already in my office. Someone had given me this copy. You know what I did with it, like I do with a lot of people give me books, I'll be honest with you. I got so many books, so people give me books, and I'll slide them in my bookshelf. And a lot of times, they'll sit there until I just get, you know, maybe I'll see it, and it'll just pique my interest, and I'll pull it out, and I'll start reading it. But that particular day, when I had gotten the diagnosis of what I was facing, that led me to look on my bookshelf and to see what I had in relation to healing, and I found several books. This one? And one by F.F. Bosworth called Christ the Healer. I got those books out and I started devouring them, especially this one right here, Healing the Sick. This is a classic. It's been over a million copies have been sold of this book. I've given, I don't know how many of them away to people. We actually went through a whole, went through this book in a life group uh, setting uh, several years ago. But it, it's not so much that I'm, I'm hung up on T.L. Osborne. I love T.L. Osborne. Matter of fact, I go on YouTube and watch him. Watch the, the miracles that took place that are taking place in the Crusades. I watched one yesterday, the healer in, in, um, in, in one of those little countries that, uh, uh, see, what was it? It wasn't Tahiti. Anyway, um, but what drew me to this book just, I just happened to see it, Healing the Sick. I pulled it off the shelf and I started reading it. Reading through this book, I began to discover some things. And my discovery 
led me to understand that I was waiting on something that I already had. Because I was asking the Lord Jesus, if your word is true and I believe your word, when are you going to heal me? But when I looked into the word of God, I discovered something he already had. He already had healed me. Because when we're asking Jesus, when are you going to heal me? It's like asking him, when are you going to save me? Because the same work that brought our salvation and our righteousness in Christ is also the same work that brought our healing. 1 Peter 2.24 says, who himself, who is himself? Jesus. Who himself bear our sins, our sins, yours and mine, on that tree that we being dead to sins, no longer bound to sin, dead to sins, but alive under righteousness, made right, put in right standing with God, and by whose stripes you were healed. And when I saw that, and I, I went back and I, I began to look through the Bible and, and pull out those verses about healing in, in Exodus 15, 26, when he told the people of Israel, he says, I am the God that healeth thee. He said, if you will walk in my statutes, if you will haste, uh, give heed to my word, then I will not put the diseases upon you that I put upon the Egyptians. For I am the God that healeth thee. And when we see that word, I am, remember that particular phrase, I am? Where do we see that? We first encountered it in, in the book of Exodus chapter 3 when Moses was in the wilderness, saw the burning bush, and he asked the question of God because God told him to go to Egypt and to bring his people out of Egypt, to go and tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And he says, "Who? you know, if I go back there, who am I going to tell them sent me? What's your name? Yeah. He said, what is it? I am. I am sent you. And he says, I am the God that healeth. I am Almighty God. I am Jehovah Yireh. I am Jehovah Teniskadi, or whatever you say that word. Genesi? Kenesi? Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. There's so many Jehovahs and so many other words that go with it. But I am the God that healeth thee. And when, when I started looking at that and getting a hold of that and getting a hold of the revelation of God's word, and began to thank God for what had already taken place. Something happened inside of me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And it takes faith to receive. You know, every time I see in the Gospels when Jesus healed somebody, He would say to them, your faith has made you whole. Do you believe I can do this? Only believe and you shall receive. We receive by believing. We don't receive and then believe because we have been trained to believe by seeing. We see it and then we believe it. Well, I don't, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. And that's the way we've been trained. But we have to, because faith is what? Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is 
Everybody say, faith is. It is what it is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. What is the substance? Faith. What is the evidence? Faith. And what is faith? Believe. Believing. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so when I got a hold of it, I, 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 I began to really delve into the Word of God and, and pull out those scriptures of healing, you know, in Psalm 107, verse 20. When you look at that, you see what that particular passage of scripture, if you look at the context of it, he's speaking of relation, in relation to the people of Israel who wandered in the wilderness, and they were unfaithful to God and everything else, and they, they encountered all kinds of things. They got into sin, they got sick, and it says, and he sent his word and healed them. What does that tell me? That God wasn't going to heal me on basis of my perfection. That he sent his word to bring healing to me because the word of God brings deliverance. It brings deliverance from sin. And if sin is the cause, then Christ is the cure. And so when I, when I, when I begin to see that and understand that Satan has no right, he's trespassing in my body. Had no place, had no rightful claim to me because I've been bought with a price. Therefore, I choose to glorify God in this body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God don't need no sick temple. And so, Lord, I, I began to pray and believe God and, and, and stand upon the authority of, of the Word of God. And I would go and, you know, I, I did what I, I should have done. I went to see a physician because when you go to the physician, you know what they do? They verify. They verify that I had this condition, you know, hepatitis D and stage 4 liver disease. And so... When I went to my doctor and, and I'd gotten into this thing, man, I was, my faith began to soar. It began to rise. And i go to my doctor and he would do all these tests and everything. And he would sit me down and he'd say, you know, your, your, your count is up in the millions. And you've got a very high viral count. No, 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 no. I'd say, but doc, Jesus has healed me. And he would say, whatever. <laughs> and this went on quite some time, and, and, and we, uh, we had, I, I faced a, a, a crossroads of decision because I went to the doctor, and he told me that he wanted me to go on interferon and ribavirin, which was, the, was the, the cure of the day. That's all they had, basically. This is what we got. It may work, and it may not, you know, but this is what we're going to give you. We're going to basically kill you, and if you live, you might survive. And so I was supposed to start on the, on the medications in May of 2000. My wife and I went to a, a retreat, a minister's retreat, an EF5 retreat down at Myrtle Beach. And, and we were there spring, May, or whatever it was, this, this uh, retreat center. And we had a little veranda on the, on the back of the, the hotel there. I went out on it that morning. She was uh, still, I get up a lot earlier than she does, which is cool. I mean, we just have a different clock. And I got up and went out on the porch so I wouldn't bother her. And I was praying and seeking the Lord. And I was like, you know, I got to make a decision about this stuff. You know, am I going to get on this, this program 
Or am I going to trust you, Lord? What, what do I do, God? What do I do? I mean, I know you're able to heal me this way. You're able to heal me without any medications. You're able to do whatever you want to do, God. You're able. Matter of fact, you're exceedingly abundantly able to do above and beyond anything I can ask or think according to the power that's at work in me. So what do you want me to do, Lord? Do I trust you with this or, or do I trust the doctor and take the medicine? You know what the Lord said to me by his spirit, and it was so strong. You know, you have the word, the logos, the written word, and then you have a rhema. A rhema is a word that comes on. It's, it's, it's one of those unexpectedly, suddenly things that comes into your spirit, and you, and you just can't get away from it. And it's like the Lord spoke into my spirit, and it was almost in an audible voice. It was so loud inside of me. And the Lord says, if you will trust me, he says, I will heal you. What percentage are they giving you of a cure? I said, 40%. That was the best they had at the time. He said, well, if you trust me, I'll, I'll give you 100%. I said, okay, Lord, I trust you. And so we go to the meeting that morning, and, and, and David also, Brooke, one of our, our uh, teachers in our classes, teaches on the blood of Jesus, was teaching that morning. And David's not a very demonstrative person. He's just, he just, you just, he's kind of guy when he's speaking, you just want to run up and hug him. You know, and he's up there speaking, and he's talking about the love of Jesus, and he's talking about the power of God, and he's talking about the power of the blood. And he says this morning, he says, if you're sick in this place, he said, I'm going to call out diseases as the Lord lays them on my heart. And if God lays it on my heart, I want you to come, and you'll receive your miracle this morning. So I'm sitting behind my, beside my wife who has sharp elbows. And so he starts, starts calling these diseases, you know, and, and I wait through about four or five of them, you know. It's like everything you can think of, corns on your feet and cancers and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there waiting to hear either hepatitis or liver disease, or anything closely related, but he didn't say any of them. And, and you know, it's, it's like people are starting to wander out of the place, and it, this has gone on for a long time. And, and my wife was sitting there. She said, why don't you call up? I said, not yet, not yet. He hadn't called anything. And so she sits there, and she starts going, mm, mm. And so I'm sitting there, and I have to make a decision. Either I'm either going to go on up, or I'm going to have a broken bone in my rib cage, or bruises. So I finally just, okay, I, I went on up, and, and we get up there, and he says, what, what are you here for? I said, well, I've been diagnosed with liver disease and, you know, uh, hepatitis C. And he just walked toward me. He says, well, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And just went back to somebody else. And when he did, it's like the power of God hit me. And it's, it's, it's like, a, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the heaviness of God. The kavod, it was like I was overpowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, and down I went. And I laid on the floor, and as I was laying there, I was like I was in another place. And it was almost like I could feel something going on. And it's like somebody was working on the inside of me. And I just laid there. I mean, it's such a sweet presence. I couldn't have got up if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. So I just laid there. I don't know how long I laid there, but God did something. And so 
I went back, called him the next day, said, Doc, I'm, I'm canceling the medications. I'm not going to get on them yet. He said, well, that's probably a good thing for you. He said, I have them available. He said, but we've got some other stuff coming down the pike. And he was, you know, he's a research scientist, the doctor that I go to, Dr. Dr. Robert Reindoller. And he says, uh, so there's some other stuff that we're working on. We're working on a pegylated interferon. And he called all these technical names of this stuff that they're working with. And he said, so, you know, you, you're, you might can wait a little while longer. Your liver functions are, are good, but, you know, we do need to do something. So I said, well, Doc, the Lord has healed me. He said, well, whatever. And so a few months later, he calls me and says, uh, you know, I need you to come in. So I went in and he said, we need to do a biopsy on you, another biopsy to see what's going on with your liver. I didn't want to do that. I mean, if anybody's ever had a tooth pulled or something like that, it's just one of those things. You just love to go back and get another one done, right? Kind of like the same thing with a biopsy. I didn't want to do it. It was very invasive, and it hurt like crazy. And so I, I, I didn't want it, but I did. And so when we went back to get the results of the biopsy, when I was actually when I was having the biopsy done, the, uh, uh, they did a sonogram to, to mark out the place to put the needle you know, they have to go into through your side into the liver and pull out a chunk of meat. And so they were doing the, the sonogram, and, and there was a young black girl in there, and she was very nice, and she's, she's doing this sonogram, and she's looking at my chart and everything. She says, what do you, you mind having me asking you why you're here? I said, well, they tell me that I've got cirrhosis of the liver, and, and, and I needed to have a biopsy done. She says, look, she said, I'm here all day long, and I do livers all day long. There ain't nothing wrong with your liver. And so, you know, we went through with it, got the biopsy done. So when I went back to get the biopsy, Becky went with me this time. And so Dr. Reindoller was busy, so he let his assistant, physician's assistant, attend to me that day until he could get free. And so she, she, she comes in and she looks at my chart and she says, she says, now, how long have you been on the treatments? <laughs> I said, what treatments? <laughs> she said, how long have you been on the treatments? I said, I haven't been on any treatments. You haven't been on any treatments? I said, no. She said, well, it's changed. I said, what's changed? She said, the scale. I said, what scale are you talking about? I've I'm clueless. Tell me what you're talking about. She said, we have a scale, one to five, five being the worst. And when we got the first biopsy, you were at a four, four and a half. And she says, you are between a, a one and a half and a two now. And she said, we don't know how that happens. It doesn't happen. I said, well, I've got an answer. Jesus has healed me. And she says, Wait a minute. Let me get, Dr. Rondell wants to see you. So she goes and, and she comes back a few minutes later and she calls me back in and I go back in and Dr. Rondell is in there and he's got this Indian doctor, he's a, like a surgical oral surgeon, and he's trying to learn how to work with hepatitis patients, you know, so that he didn't get the disease himself. And so he's talking to Dr. Rondell, so I get to go in and Dr. Rondell starts to quiz me and he's asking me questions and he's like, let me ask you a question. He says, do you drink? I said, no. He said, well, have you ever drank? I said, yeah. He said, well, when you drank, were you a heavy drinker, moderate, light? I said, probably 
heavy to heavier. He said, well, how long has it been since you drank? I said, August the 15th, 1975. And he says, that's specific. I said, well, that's when I gave my life to Christ. I said, I haven't drank any since then. And he said, well, he said, I don't know what you've been doing, but keep on doing it because it's working. I said, well, what's working, Dr. Ryan Dollar, is I've been trusting Jesus for my healing. And God sent his word and he healed them. And I've been in the word of God, trusting the word of God for my healing. And I'm standing in faith and believing God for my healing. Well, fast forward, um, a couple years later, he calls me into his office. And the thing of it is, I've still got this very high viral load, very high, exceptionally high. And And he calls me into his office and he says, I want you to do me a favor. And y'all, most of you have heard this story, but if you haven't, I'll tell it again just so you can get clarity on it. He said, I want you to go through a clinical study for me. He said, we're working on a new a drug that goes along with the interferon. And uh, he said, but you will be given one of three things. You'll be either given a placebo, which is nothing, or you'll be given viramidine, which is the standard, or you'll be given this new thing called um, no, ribavirin, which is the standard of baramidine, which is the new drug. And I said, do I have to go through it? <laughs> he said, well, really, it's not for your benefit as much as it is that we can help other people. He said, you're healthy in respect to most people that I deal with. He said, you, you've got your health. And he says, we need healthy specimens. I said, in other words, you need a guinea pig. He said, Yeah. <laughs> And I said, okay, doc, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for other people. And he said, well, there's a good chance that going through this, we can knock out the virus in your system. And I said, okay, we'll do it. So we started on that journey. For 10 months, I would have what we called the Friday flu. I would take a shot on Thursday evening and be sick as a dog all weekend up until Sunday. I would preach on Sunday and kind of get rebounded a little bit till Thursday came along, and then boom, back to the same thing again. Drank lots and lots and lots of water and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was a whole lot of fun, not really, but it was a trip. So after that, 10 months of that, they give me a call, tell me that the medications are not doing any good, that they had 17 people in this study that they were doing, and me and one other person, it didn't touch the virus. And um, so that was my exit out of that. And then they asked me to come get another biopsy, which I did. And so when I went to get this biopsy, um, they, they did that and another procedure at the same time. So when I went back get, get to the, get the results, I'm going to cut the chase, cut to the chase and tell you just what happened. When I went back to get the results, my doctor called me into his office, directly into his office, not the way other patients were going. When he found out I was in the room, he called me into his office, and when I walked in his office, this is what he did. He walks up to me, and he throws out his hand, and he looks at me right in the eyes, and he says, you, young man, are an absolute miracle of God. And I said, I know, tell me about it. He said, well, he said, when I took your biopsy, he said, I turned to my nurse, and I said, I've never seen a prettier piece of liver in my life. He said, when we looked at your liver, he says, you have absolutely zero scarring in your liver, which is 
unheard of for anybody. If you've ever had an aspirin or if you've ever had any kind of anything, he says, you're going to get some scarring in your liver. But he said, you have zero, which is an absolute miracle of God. And he says, I don't have an answer for it. I looked at him. He says, but you do, don't you? I said, yes, I do. And so I began to share with him what God had spoken to me from this book. And I want to share for the next several weeks with you the things that the Lord has shared with me that brought healing to my life. I so strongly believe in this. I so strongly believe in the power of God. And and the reason why I believe in the power of God as we were singing it this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus And the thing I know about my master, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed his mode of operation. He has not changed. His power has not diminished. And the same Jesus that walked this planet and healed all who were brought to him is the same Jesus who's alive today and is still healing and delivering and setting people free. It's the same God that said, I am the God that healeth thee. It's the same God that sent his word and he healed them. And it's the same God that John recognized in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. We saw all the things that he did. I just want to just, just bring to your, your mind a few of the things that Jesus did in Matthew 4, 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their, their synagogues and proclaiming <laughs> Let me put my glasses on so I can see. He went about teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming good news of the kingdom and healing some of their diseases. What? Are you serious? Every disease and sickness among the people. You mean he didn't pick and choose and say, well, this, it's God's will that you be sick. It's God's will that you be sick. He healed all of them, right? And in Acts 10, 38, and, and this is when Peter had gone to the house of Cornelius. And it says, surely you heard and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing some of the people who were oppressed by the devil. No, what? All who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And you know what? God is with you. God is with you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and shall also quicken your mortal body. That word quicken is the word rema. Oh, Matthew eleven five, John the baptizer, John the Baptist, we know him. Asked one of his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one who is to come? Are you the Messiah or should we look for another? And Jesus told the messenger that came to him, you go back and tell John. You go back and you give him this message. Tell him, the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Do you need anything else? 
Same Jesus that did it today is the same Jesus who is, who's healing the blind and the, and the lame and, and curing the leprosy and, the, and causing the deaf to hear and seeing the dead raised to the life and preaching the good news. Mark 6.55 says, and they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats wherever they heard he was. Jesus is here. He's here. And wherever he went in villages, cities, or synagogues, or the countryside, they brought out the sick to the marketplaces, and they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. It takes faith on our part sometimes, don't it? Jesus healed in Bible days, and he's the same today as he was yesterday, and his word doesn't change. Do you realize in Psalm 119, verse 89, it says that your word is forever settled in the heavens? God's word never changes. Do you realize in Jeremiah 1, 12, it says that he hastens his work, a word. In other words, he watches over his word to perform it. This is God making sure that his word is performed. When people believe it, when people believe it, it's like when somebody's saved, there's, there's shouting in heaven. There's, there's a party going on when a saint comes, when someone, when a sinner comes to Christ. In the same way, there's rejoicing in the heavens when somebody gets it. It's almost like when Charlie got his wings. In the wonder, it's a wonderful life. You know what I'm talking about. Well, that's his name, Charlie, or something, whatever it was. Anyway, he got his wings. Clarence, that was it. Clarence got his wings. The bell rang. It's like, ding, ding. Somebody got it. Somebody got healed. How did they get healed? By faith. By believing. Amen. I know I'm not going to get finished with all this today. I'm just getting started good. Jesus was the Word in the beginning. He was the Word when He manifested among us, and He will be the, world, the Word tomorrow. In Matthew chapter 8, after Jesus had finished His famous Sermon on the Mount, He came down from the mountains, and it says, And great multitudes followed Him. A leper came to Him and said, Lord, if You are willing, You can make me clean. How many times have we asked the Lord that question? Lord, if you are willing. He says, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing to be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. You know, I was, I was reading in this book and T.L. Osborne said he had a lady came to him one time. He says, and she said, my husband died and he had, he had, some, had some wealth. She said, I don't know if he left me anything or not. And he says, well, have you read the will? And she said, no. He said, well, read the will. That's how you'll find out if you've got anything or not. And he said, the same thing is when it comes to relationship to our healing and our believing God, the way we're going to find out what God has for us is if we read his will. Because this Bible is his last will and testament. We're not going to get anything else. Paul said, if any man preaches any other gospel that other than that that I preach, let him be accursed. But this is the gospel of God. And, and Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And in this gospel, we have the truths of healing. We have the promises of God. And in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, and that his promises in him are always yes and amen. 
So if these promises were made to us, every one of his promises, every one of his promises are true. And either I'm going to believe God, and it says in the book of Romans, let God be true and every man be a liar. So God's word is true. And I'm going to believe his word. And when I believe his word, I get results. I get the yes and the amen. Not a woman, but amen. Which means so be it. Let it be forever settled. God's word is amen in the heavens. It's forever settled in the heavens. So God's word is true and it never changes. Jesus has never changed. He's not going to change. There's not another way that he's going to do it. He's done it the way that God sent him to do it. Matthew 8:16 It says and when evening had come they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. This was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I think that kind of speaks to us this morning, don't you? Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. How many like being sick? I mean, who's first in line to sign up to be sick? Nobody does, right? Sickness and death brings grief and it brings sorrow. Surely he has borne our griefs and our sorrows, and we considered him to be afflicted. They thought that Jesus was afflicted for his own sins. But Isaiah 53, 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions. I like to put my there, make it personal. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes I are healed. I am healed. It's already done. And when Peter said it, Peter's looking back at the cross. When Peter got a revelation of the cross and understood what the cross was about, when the Holy Spirit enlightened that to him, Peter was a different man. And all of a sudden, he's going around preaching Jesus and miracles taking place and his crusades and everything else. I mean, Peter is a powerhouse for God. And he says in one of his letters in 1 Peter 2.24, that he who he himself bare our sins in his own body, Isaiah 53.5, that we being dead to sins, Dead to sin means that sin has no effect on us. If I were to bring a dead man in here this morning and pull him up here and lay him out in a casket, you could walk up here, you could curse that man, you could reach in there and slap him, you could take his wallet out of his pocket, you could do everything to him, and you know what he's going to do? Nothing. You know why? He's dead. That's the effect that sin is to have on you and me. We are dead to sins. Because of what Jesus did at the cross. He bore our sins. He bore our sorrows. And he took stripes on his back for our healing. And by his stripes, you were healed. So I look back at Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who does what? Forgives all thine iniquities. 
What's the next thing? He heals some of my diseases. Really? All? You mean he still does that today, Brother John? How do you know that? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll say it one more time. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.